about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. Hello and welcome to another week of All In. Uh, my name is Art Cardos, and we've been discussing the kingdom of God, how it operates, and how we can get it working in our lives. This kingdom that everybody's looking for. Everybody, as you look around outside today, you realize the kingdom that we are currently living in, the government that we're currently living in, sometimes seems a little bit out of sorts, doesn't it? So what we're looking to do is to find this kingdom that Jesus talked about and implement it in our lives. And it's able to be working in our lives every day. And it's just discovering how it works. So we talk about that here on All In. And uh, I hope that if you're following this program, maybe you get one thing out of it, and that there, that there actually is a kingdom, and it's growing inside of you. And we are the ambassadors for that kingdom here on the earth. We don't belong to this planet. We belong to heaven. Once you've accepted Jesus, you're an ambassador for God through Christ and the heavens. And our job is to bring heaven on earth. As it is in heaven, bring it to earth. Our job is to help to do that, to learn how to do that. And if you're not doing that, if you're not creating a piece of heaven around yourself and sharing it with others, then you're missing the whole, the whole deal. And uh, let's uh, start today's program where we left off at the last one. I was reading from the book of Isaiah 61, verse 1 and 2. This is where Jesus came, went up front. And he actually uh, opened the Bible to read in the synagogue, and he read from this scripture. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, an opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn. Now, I'm going to stop there. The, the, the uh, Isaiah, of course, goes on. But that is what Jesus was sent to do, and he read the part that he was to play. What comes after that in Isaiah is what we're supposed to do. But right now we're focused on what Jesus said. And what he said was that the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, and he's been anointed. He has a gift on him to preach the Word of God. And what is that Word? Good tidings. Good tidings. Here's some good news. If you're poor, you don't have to stay poor. What are you talking about, Art? If you're poor, you don't have to stay poor. That's what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about 
is the understanding that the kingdom of God within us, that God has put in every single human being who will accept it, is more than enough to get us over every circumstance and situation that we come up against. Everything. Every circumstance, every situation that we come up against, He, it's more than enough. It's more than enough. And so, because the Lord has anointed him to preach the good tidings to the poor, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Have you been hurt? Have you been put down? Are you depressed? Broke? Busted? Sick? Disgusted? Don't be. Jesus is saying, this can turn around. I can show you how to turn it around. I'm here to tell you to turn it around, that we can turn it around. See, I don't think we as a church realize the power that Jesus was referring to. You don't have to be broke anymore. You don't have to be depressed anymore. So, well, that's easy for you to say. But I, I don't like, I mean, I'm, I don't like the way I feel, but I feel that way. Well, there's a way to turn it around. Jesus is coming to teach it. To proclaim liberty to the captives. Who are the captives? Anyone who's under the rule or domination of a thought or a, a person. You're a captive to a certain way of living or sometimes in leadership, but it could be just in your own family. And, and he's saying, you don't have to be a captive anymore. You don't have to be a slave anymore. And the opening of the prison to those who are bound. How do you get somebody out of prison legally? You turn things around, and it starts in their heart. And he's telling them that they can be free of prison, free of captivity, when it, but it's got to start in here. It's got to start <clears throat> in their heart. And to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Well, the acceptable year of the Lord was the year of forgiveness. It was the year when all debts were forgiven. That's what it was. And he's telling you all your debts are forgiven. So Jesus came to proclaim that. And if you're mourning or down, depressed, get over it. He says, I come to comfort you. Now, either Jesus was telling the truth, or he, he wasn't. So you're going to have to decide, because if you're still feeling broke, busted, sick, and disgusted, and the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, that means he isn't going to do the changing. Who has to change? I'll give you a hint. It's you. <laughs> you're the one that's got to change. I've got to change. If your life is not giving you what you want today, you've got to make a change. Okay? How are you going to do that? Okay, you got to do it by doing it. That's what you got to do. I'll tell you, you're going to take the Word of God, and you're going to learn what it says, and it's going to transform your situation. Jesus is saying that there is no situation. He named them all. There's no situation that can't be turned around. There's no situation that can't change. And he came to see to it. Period. The end. 
Now, what do we do? Well, let's read here. Let's read from um, the book of James 3, uh, verse 2 uh, through 17. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits in horses' mouths to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal or take ships, for an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a very small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. I want to read more, but I want to comment on this, because this is the more you read this, the more you recognize that every single word coming out of your mouth is a spark that sets on fire the course of your history, of your life. It is as a mustard seed. And when you say it out of your mouth, whatever you say, it's steering the ship. You're the ship. Your life is the ship. You know, the, the boat, you're the boat. You are, the rudder is turning. And the word is the spark that sets the forest on fire. If your life feels like your, your forest is on fire and you're running from it, your words, your words, your very own words started the fire. And that is the beginning of understanding how to control the kingdom. First, you have to realize that there is a kingdom that Jesus is talking about. And now he's saying, let's turn your situation around. Whether you're a captive, a prisoner, whether you're poor, whether you're mourning, let's turn it around. And we're going to do it by understanding that your words, your tongue, is controlling the sparks or the seeds which are growing in your life. And if you're running from a fire, you started the fire. So the first thing to do is take control of the rudder. If you don't take control of the rudder, 
you will never change your life. Some people, I know, feel like they're on a merry-go-round. Why does this always happen to me? Why does it always happen to me? And they feel like they're in the midst of this fire, but they don't realize that they put themselves there. If you don't like your life the way it is, understand that you and your tongue, you're the pilot. You are steering your tongue. And I'm not just talking about when other people are around and you put on a good show. I'm talking about when you're by yourself, when you're cursing up a storm, when you're speaking about your spouse, when you're speaking about your family, when you're speaking about your finances, when you're speaking about anything. Here's step number one in taking control of the rudder. You ready for this? Shut up. That's step number one. Silence yourself. Don't have what they call a running mouth that just talks and talks and talks. Tells everybody what they, what you think you feel and how you feel. Stop it. Stop it. And start to think in terms of which words you want to use. Which words will turn it around? Let's go back when God created the world. And he said, let there be light. Light be. It was pitch black when he said that. It was as dark as black can be. But he spoke, light be. How long did it take for light to be? I don't know. Neither do you. But however long it took didn't matter. God knew it would be. When you're in the darkest part of your life, and you begin to take control of your tongue, and you only say words that are edified and edifiable and come from God's Word, you take the Scripture and speak it out of your mouth, you will have set a new spark on fire. However, you got to keep that spark going. Did you ever try to start a fire as a Boy Scout or as a kid and not have matches or a lighter? You have to turn that wood and spin it. it took a while to get those sparks going. It's going to take a while. If you, if you have a loose tongue, it's going to take you a while to get it under control. And you got to get this fire under control. Your whole life will turn around when you begin to call things that are not as though they are. So number one is to decide what it is you're calling forth. And then find the scriptures to back it up. And then only use the scriptures when you speak and don't speak when you're exhausted and don't get mad and yell things and scream things because that's worse. An emotionally charged word has more spark. 
So when you're frustrated or mad and you want to throw something, you are literally supercharging your words. And that's not the time to be speaking out loud. So I'm telling you right now, we read that Jesus came to get everything turned around. Now we're reading in James how to turn it around. You either are going to want to learn the kingdom, or you're going to just turn another deaf ear to another program where somebody's talking about what we call the Word of God. And yet Jesus came down from heaven to bring this Word to you and I, to myself, to change our life. To change it. For good. And he's saying that there is no one on this planet in such bad shape that this can't work. I don't care who you are. Now, you may not work it, or you not might not be working it right, or you might be still talking against yourself and speaking words against yourself, cursing in your silent time alone with God. But I'm telling you right now, you have what you want. Every one of us does. Now, if you want to change it, change your words. So, here... It says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures, are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Well, you're saying, he's hard. He says you can't do it. Yeah, you can, with the help of the Holy Spirit and the help of God. It says here, no human being, but not... A blessed, born-again man, he can change because he can get control of his words. So step one, obviously, is to get born again if you're not. Accept Jesus as your Lord. And then ask the Holy Spirit (coughs) to take charge of your tongue. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father. And with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. That goes for everybody, even people we don't like, especially people we don't like, especially people in office that we don't like. You cannot on your own continue to curse, I don't care which side of the fence you're on, but you cannot continue to curse any politician or person in leadership And then expect God to change your life. Because every one of those people are made in the image and likeness of God. Now, what you can do is disagree vehemently with those people and put them on the top of your prayer list because that is what God has called each one of us to do. It is time for the church to stand up and pray strong for those people who you disagree with but love them because God said they're made in His image as well. Every one of us was made in the image and likeness of God. So when we see this unrest in the world today, it is not only wrong, it is totally unscriptural, totally against the Word of God, 
totally of the father, the devil, the master of lies. And but we must pray for those people. The way the church is taking this country back is to pray. Get on your knees and pray, or stand worshiping God. Lift up your your county, lift up your town, lift up your school, lift up your state, lift up this country, and pray, and take authority, because Jesus said we can turn it around. Nothing, there's nothing that cannot be turned around. But we're to do it, not by cursing, but by praying, praising, thanking, and acknowledging that all people are made in the image of likeness of God. Now, they may not have turned on that switch that connects them to the image and likeness of God, but their body and and their spirit and their soul that's right in front of us, the worst among us, is still made in the image of God, and we're to respect that. We're to respect that. So stop cursing the enemy. And if the, if watching the news makes you get so upset that you're screaming at it, screaming at the people, stop it. Get control of your tongue. It's hurting you. That's exactly what Satan wants. He wants to rile up the church to the point where they're not praying. They're just cursing people. Stop it. Get control of your tongue. Do not allow yourself to be used by the enemy. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's amazing how the Holy Spirit wants us to be in charge right now. The church should be in charge. Church, you need to lift up your police department and pray for them. You need to get the names of the officers in your town and lift them up and pray for them. You plead the blood of Jesus around them. It's time, guys. This is no joke. What are you going to do? You're going to just watch the news and curse it? Or are you going to do something? It's time to pray. It's time to pray. You hear me? It's time to pray and control your tongue. Take control of your tongue. Curse, no curse, my brothers and sisters. This should not be. Both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? No, I don't think so. My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? Or can a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Don't let your mouth be a salt spring. Okay, be the fresh water be the water. Remember, the, the, the rivers of living water are supposed to be coming out of the tree of life that's supposed to be planted within you, each one of us. And we need to shut our mouths. I'm serious. Say nothing. If you're a person that talks all the time, try saying nothing for one day. You'll do yourself a service. And you will find out that that'll actually help you cause, because you're the one who's driving the devil into your own life by allowing your tongue to run wild. Who is wise and understanding among you? We're still in James. I'm still reading. Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in the humility 
and comes from wisdom. Deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. Do you have wisdom? Pray for it. Ask God for wisdom. But if you harbor bitter, if you bitter or you're envious or selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. So don't help the demons. For where you have envy and selfish ambitions, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Disorder and every evil practice. So, are you trying to show off? Are you trying to get stuff for yourself? Are you trying to always do something for you? How about trying to do it for someone else? And how about doing it for your enemy? Love your enemies. Oh, man. I'll tell you, God's talking to all of us, especially in this hour. We have plenty of people to curse, don't we? But he's telling us that the wisdom that comes from heaven is first all of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. Does that mean we let people get away with murder? No. Does that mean we let people trample over everything? No. But we don't have to get mad at them. We need to pray for them. And we need to get in the prayer closet or prayer room or wherever you pray and lift up those people that you are upset about. And thank God that they are made in His image and likeness and dispatch the angels of God to speak to them. Dispatch God's vengeance upon them. Not revenge, God's vengeance. Because He's an all-just God. And He judges. He judges, not us. So we are to thank Him. For those people made in His image and likeness, we are to pray that He and His vengeance will bring them into the kingdom. He'll cause them to fall. It's no different than marching around the walls of Jericho how many times and they fall down. You don't have to go fight the fight. You need to use the Word of God, the prayer of God, to dispatch the angels and watch God's vengeance carry out His Word. His Word. His Word never returns void. He will see to it. Your job is to dispatch His Word out of your mouth, with your tongue, and not use words of the devil in between. Okay? Just God's Word. And then be at peace. And know that God Almighty Himself is carrying out the victory. He will turn it around. He'll turn this country around. He'll turn your life around. He'll turn everything around. If you will simply thank Him, praise Him, and control your tongue. 
Now we're going to go to commercial break. We'll be right back. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. In Ephesians 6.16, the Apostle Paul says that above all, to stand against the devil's schemes, we must pick up and use the shield of faith. This faith shield is perhaps the most important piece of defensive armor against the fiery darts of the wicked one because it's versatile, mobile, and capable of protecting the entire body. Hello, I'm Sam Rohr, President of the American Pastors Network with another Stand in the Gap Minute. Faith is that unswerving trust in God to do all He says He'll do protection from the fiery darts, those temptations from the devil, those enticements to the sins of blasphemous thoughts and unbelief. The sudden urging to do wrong or entertain sinful thoughts is what only true faith can protect against. These fiery darts, like speeding arrows, come suddenly and from unexpected places. They pierce and penetrate and can set the soul on fire. How's your faith, Shield? Will you join the battle for truth with us at Stand in the Gap Radio and TV? Sign up at standinthegapmedia.org. It's about time, it's about space, it's about saving the human race. It's about hate, it's about love, it's about everything above. It's about war, it's about peace, it's about changing history. It's about you, it's about me, it's about time. And we're back, and we are talking about the kingdom of God. I don't know if you get frustrated with yourself. I do. I expect more of me. Now, I don't condemn myself, but I expect more. I expect that by now, in my short life, I should understand a few things about God's Word. Not just reading a story. This book is meant to change your life. This book is meant to change your outcomes. If your outcomes are not the outcomes you desire, you need to change. Not God. God's immovable. Yes, there is an enemy. And he will come every day at your mind and try to get you to say things that you don't like. Maybe you're a person who doesn't talk much, but when you get mad, man, you let it fly. <clears throat> well, what happens is you don't talk and you don't talk and then you let it fly, but it's so supercharged with energy that it's as if you talked all day. And it hurts yourself. It hurts people. There are all types of discharges of speaking. You can tell when a person is kind, you can tell when they're not. And I'm telling you and I, it's time to control our tongues. It's time to take charge. So let's read here from Luke 9. It's uh, verse 37 through 40-something. The next day when they came down from the mountain, Jesus and his group, 
A large crowd met them. A man in the crowd called out, Teacher, I beg you to look at my son, for he is my only child. A spirit seizes him, and he suddenly screams. It throws him into convulsions, so that he foams at the mouth. It scarcely ever leaves him and is destroying him. I begged your disciples to drive it out, but they could not. You, this is Jesus talking, you unbelieving and perverse generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you and put up with you? Bring your son here. Can you imagine Jesus today, if he was still having to be here, waiting for you to get it? What would he say? How long do I have to feed you? How long do I have to be with you till you do it, till you get it? There's, certain, there's a certain frustration in his voice here. It's like, I've been doing this stuff every single day in front of you. Why don't you do it? That's what he's saying. <clears throat> Bring your son here. <clears throat> Even while the boy was coming, the demon threw him to the ground in, in a convulsion, probably trying to scare everybody around, including Jesus, hoping Jesus would say, Oh, well, I can't do it. I can't deal with this. But. And stop Jesus with words. He rebuked the impure spirit. Get out, he says. Stop it right now. Healed the boy and gave him back to his father. And they were all amazed at the greatness of God. So every single person there failed, and Jesus walks up knowing that he could and would heal that boy. And yet Jesus is in each one of us. That's why he said, I have to go away, because then greater things can you do in my name. Greater things, because I, you will be in me and I will be in you. We've got to get this as a church. The demons that are in the people that are looting, burning, hurting, killing, murdering, the church, yes, you, the church, are responsible if you do not rebuke those spirits. It is time for each one of us to take a serious Serious prayer time where we are rebuking those spiritual forces, stopping them, causing them to stop, speaking to those spirits to stop, and letting them know they don't have authority over this country, they don't have authority over that town, whichever one we're praying for, 
and they must stop right now. That's the kind of words that we need to use. And we can take authority over those spirits. What is Jesus saying? I have given you the keys to the kingdom. Use them. Open your mouth and do something about it. They brought him to him. The spirit saw Jesus and immediately threw the boy in convulsion. He fell to the ground, rolled over, foaming at the mouth. Jesus asked the boy's father, How long has he been like this? From childhood, he answered. It has often thrown him into the fire or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. They were desperate, no doubt about it. And they loved their child. And they didn't want to see this happening anymore. If you can, said Jesus. If you can, said Jesus, with a question mark. If you can, said Jesus. Everything is possible for one who believes. Immediately, the boy's father exclaimed, I do believe. Help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand, lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? Why couldn't we do it? What happened? He replied, This kind can come out only by prayer. What does he mean? He pre-prayed. He pre-prayed. He was pre-prayed up, knowing that he would come up against situations like this. And he knew his Father's Word. Some come out by prayer, some by fasting. But he said prayer. When they came to the crowd, this is Matthew 17, 14 now. When they came to the crowd, a man approached Jesus and knelt before him. This is a, a different uh, version of the same thing, I believe. Let's see. That was Mark. Now we're in Matthew. He has seizures and is suffering greatly, falls into the fire. And he says the same stuff. Bring the boy to me. Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of the boy. And he was healed at that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus and asked again why they couldn't drive it out. And Jesus said, this comes out by prayer and fasting. Listen, we're going into the elections. We're going into the most important time in history of this country. For the Lord. Not because you're a Republican or a Democrat. I want and you should want what God wants for this country. And you should have a clear understanding of what God wants for this country.
and it's time to fast and pray. It's time to begin every day with a prayer for this country, a prayer for God's will to be done, and if necessary, fast your tongue, speaking other things. Fast from speaking the reverse of what you want. That's more important than fast in eating fast. A speaking fast. Cut out the cursing. Cut out the loose tongue. Cut out the wicked things that get said. And only say what you hear your father say. Do it for the next 50 days, 40 days. And right on through the year. Let's straighten this country out in 2020 so that when we begin 2021, the church is in charge. The church is in charge. We didn't come to take sides. I don't care what side you're on. We came as a church to take over by preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And a lot of churches have become soft. That's right, soft. Some lukewarm. And I know what God says about lukewarm. If you aren't teaching the Word of God, He'll spew you out of His mouth. His vengeance will come. It's His just vengeance, not revenge. Vengeance. The vengeance of the Lord. He will take care of your enemy. You don't have to worry. And He set that up so that you don't have to pay the price for doing it. Because if you take care of your enemy, you'll be responsible. It'll come back on you. But God will do it for you. So all you have coming back on you is the blessing. Now in Matthew 10, verse 1 through 10, Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits, and to heal every disease and sickness. Hey guys, come together. Let's get together here a minute. I'm about to give you the authority. I'm going to give you the full authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal every disease and sickness. Hey guys... When you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, He gave you the authority to drive out impure spirits and to heal heal every disease and sickness. What's so complicated? I know, I sound like a broken record, don't I? But I think that we need to hear this over and over again because for some reason, some people think they can't, they're not called... And they say things out of their mouth that are the dumbest things when it comes to this. These are the names of the twelve apostles. He names them all. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. So he was telling them, go straight to the sheep of Israel. That's where I want you to go. They got to be the toughest ones, don't you think? Because some of them today are still fighting it. 
um, right to the house of Israel, and you go proclaim this message. Here's the message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven is come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, and freely you have received, so freely give. I mean, there it is. What is it do you think you're supposed to be doing in this world? All right, but I got a job. Well, the job you have to pay the bills so you can go out and do these other things. And if you go out and do these other things <coughs> that God's asking you to do, he'll see to it that you'll no longer need the job. Or it'll just, you'll be blessed in some way you never thought of so that you would have everything you need. But this is the, what we're supposed to be doing. Go out to the lost sheep of Israel and proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven's here. Hey, the kingdom of heaven is here. The kingdom of heaven is here. And people say, what are you talking about? Some people will listen. Some people will get scared and some will hide. It's okay. Heal the sick. Wow. Raise the dead. Cleanse those that have leprosy. Today, that would be cleanse those that have any contagious disease, COVID-19 included. Just heal them. <sighs> Drive out demons. Freely you received, freely you give. Do you get frustrated with yourself for not doing these things? This is what we're supposed to be doing. This is what the church is supposed to be doing. Not you personally having the power to do it, but the authority to do it. It's God's power, but it's the authority that he's given us. So we take his name and just say it and do it. He will get the results, not you. You don't have to hang around and wait. You just do what he says. He'll do the rest. It's time for the church to do it. Oh, let's see here. Verse 9. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you on your belts. No bag for the journey. No extra shirt or sandals or staff. For the worker is worth his keep. So he's saying don't worry about what you got. Don't worry about it. God is going to take care of every one of your needs. Every single one. Now over here in Luke 10, verses 1 through 17. Now, after this, the Lord appointed 72. Now here he called the 12 together, and he said, here's what I, I've given you this authority. Now he's calling 72. Appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him into every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest of the field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals, and do not greet anyone on the road. Whether you enter a house, first say, Peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, 
your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near you. But when you enter a town and you are not welcome, go into its streets and say, Even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, the kingdom of God has come near you. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom, and Gom- for Sodom than for that town. Woe to you, Corozan! Woe to you, Bestiva! For the miracles that we performed in you have been performed in Tyre and Sidon. They would have repented long ago, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. But it will be more bearable for Tyre and Sidon at the judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be lifted to the heavens? No, you will go down to Hades. Whoever listens to you listens to me. Whoever rejects you rejects me. But whoever rejects me rejects him who sent me. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. How about that? So first he calls together the 12. Then he calls 72. Sends them out two at a time. They went into a town, knocked at a door, said, Hey, the kingdom of God has come near you. We're here to tell you about it. And if they were invited in to, to, to learn about it or stay, he said, stay in that house. Don't go to another one, but go out into the town and preach the word. But stay with those people because they're the first ones to receive you. And let them feed you and take care of you. So here we are. What are we to do? We are to pray. We are to fast. Fast words. Use God's words. Talk to people. Say, hey, what do you think of the kingdom of God coming near? What do you think about all this stuff going on in the world? I have good news. The kingdom of God is here. It is here. His name is Jesus. And we can turn it around. That is the bottom line, church. We can turn it around. And when we turn it around... People will be watching. People will see it's turned and say, how did you, how did that happen? How did you do that? Tell us more. Step one, pray and take spiritual authority over your town, over your county, over your state, over this country, over the leaders. Make it the top priority. Stop cursing the leadership. I don't care what you think you know. Stop cursing them and start praying for them. Pray that God removes all those in power who will not listen to his word. Pray that God's revenge, God's vengeance will take place. And pray that the leaders that are in high positions, 
who want to destroy the kingdom of God near on earth would be transformed or removed from office. That's the prayer. Also pray that no person running for office who is listening to the devil will ever get another office again. Let us stop those that are listening to the enemy, that are going against God's principles, his words, his scriptures. We need to take authority over that in Jesus' name. And that is what we are called to do. So as we wrap up this program, let's wrap it up in a way that makes us realize the ball's in our court. If you call yourself a member of the body of Christ, you better start to pray. And pray now. Pray now. And you know who to pray for. The leadership in this world, the leadership in this country, the leadership in your state, town, church. And begin to pray for them. Don't curse them. Stop the cursing. Let not the bitterness come out of your mouth. Only the Word of God. Love your neighbor as yourself. Remember, every human is made in the image and the likeness of God, and they deserve a chance to discover that. And it's your job to help them do that. It's my job to help them do that. So let's go out today in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and make a difference in this world. Pray, take authority, in Jesus' name. The authority has been given to you and I. Let's use it. Full authority has been given unto us in the name of the living God. His name is Jesus of Nazareth. And your name is one of his disciples. Go do it today. And we'll see you next week. Have a great week. It's about time. It's about space. It's about saving the human race. It's about hate. It's about love. It's about everything above. It's about war. It's about peace. It's about changing history. It's about you. It's about me. It's about time. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. 2 Chronicles 7.14 WFYL reminds you to pray for America.